Thanks for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please drop us up, drop a like, and let us know your thoughts below in the comments. Also, please consider supporting our podcast via the link below. It really helps us out. Now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome, Julie, to the World XP Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. I've seen your social media profile all over the place with uh, podcast editing and running all sorts of businesses. And I was like, let me see what this lady is up to because... Saw the follower, saw the link tree with a gazillion things on it, and I was like, "All right, let me message her and see what's up." So, welcome. Thanks for thanks for your time. Thank you, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course. So we were chatting right before this offline, and you're going to be at Podfest in Orlando in January. You're speaking there, and for me, who hosts a podcast, and having not heard of Podfest, I feel like I've been irresponsible. So, if you want to go into Podfest a little bit, and also how you ended up speaking there and and kind of what it is and anything and everything about it yeah sounds great yeah so podfest is happening in orlando at the renaissance in january and it's an annual conference that's all around podcasting there's like so many different rooms you know you can go and learn about marketing how to get you know more listeners and there's multiple stages and multiple people speaking at this event it's you know four days long and you can go to panels you can go to speaker topics. There's also networking events. So like they'll go out to the bar together one night or there's like an influencer night where they bring in, you know, um, social media influencers and they're all at different tables. And there's like crazy algorithms where you go and every table you go to, you get to meet like eight new people and lots of drinking, lots of hanging out, lots of great time. I really enjoyed it. I went and spoke at it last year and had such a great time that I was really looking forward to getting to speak there again this year this coming year. Wow. It's really so wild to think that we're coming into 2023. That's wild. Okay. So how, okay. So that makes sense, right? It's a conference businesses and all sorts of industries have conferences all the time. How did you end up in this, in this role where you're speaking at a conference in that way? Most of the time when people think of business conferences, you have to be um, say someone quote unquote important um, to, to, to end up in that position. So how did you kind of end up in the podcast world in this way? I know lots of people listen to podcasts, but they listen to like the the big ones. The way I view it, there's like the Rogan and like the comedian podcast and like those, sure. are, those, those are podcasts, but then there's like the podcasting world, if that makes sense. So how did you end up in like the full on, full on podcasting community and world? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really great question, Eric. I was just thinking about that in, you know. In 2020, when the world shut down, PodFest was offering a global virtual summit, and I had applied, I'd seen the link come up, and I was like, well, you know what, let me just shoot my shot, right? So I filled out an application, they reached out to me for a five-minute quote-unquote case study, which was a pre-recorded presentation on a PowerPoint, and I thought, well, that's easy, you know, and I think this is a great way for me to get my toes wet, kind of feel it out, it's a free opportunity, and you know, why not get my message out there to a direct podcast community of people that would be interested in hearing about this? So I went ahead, and it was actually a Guinness Book of World Record breaking event, the oh. largest virtual podcast conference. I was able to get a um, gold medal, or what do you say, a Guinness Book of World Record, like, emblem. And That's awesome. So then in, yeah, it was super fun. And so then I was, like, all geeked about it. And then the following year, they had their first in-person event was starting back up post-COVID. And I saw the speaker submission come through in my email, and I thought, well, let me just go for it, right? Like, what do I have to lose? 
I went ahead and I applied and I found out I got accepted and I was just as surprised as you would imagine, Eric, because I was thinking like, you know, they're not going to care about what I have to say. Like, I'm sure they probably get a million people submitting for the same topic. How is mine going to stand out? And I don't know beyond, you know, the fact that maybe I had experience previously and I had spoken at the conference the year before virtually. Um, I can't say as to why I was selected over somebody else who might have had the same experience or the same topic. Well, yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Actually, that brings up a good question for me personally. Like, whenever you do research into starting a podcast, you're always like, find your, like, little niche and kind of find your little pocket of people. But that never really appealed to me. Kind of when we were talking um, before uh, offline, I just like learning about all sorts of things. And so that's always the advice they give you is like find your little group of people and then you can kind of expand from there. And yeah, I build your tribe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was kind of like, nah, I don't really want to do that. And I've grown a, a good amount, I'd say, but maybe not as much as, well, I don't know. I guess what, what would be your advice to somebody that is starting? Because I think what I found anyways, is that people can tell if you like what you're doing or like it comes through and so it's better to just be you than it is to like try and do podcasting to get like subscribers or whatever you just need to do it because you like it but sometimes the the growth doesn't always come as the like the podcast gurus say it will what's your experience with that having because you because you help part of your business is helping edit and run people's podcasts so what have you found yeah, 1,000%, Eric, and I think you can relate to this because prior to starting to record, I asked you, you know, some open-ended questions around, you know, what your goals are with your podcast, right? And I mm -hmm. think if somebody's first answer is to make a crap ton of money, maybe they need to reevaluate their goals because more than likely podcasting isn't the main funnel for you to generate an extra income, but it is a great way for you to generate exposure, build credibility, and like you said, find those people that are your people because, you know, while you might not want to be specifically focused on one topic because you enjoy learning about everything, there is someone out there that's listening right now who, you know, probably has never even thought about having their own podcast until they heard this episode because they were just randomly wanting to learn more about this industry through your series. Yeah. For sure. It's very interesting because it's also people have, like I listen to a certain amount of podcasts. You listen to a certain subset of podcasts, like, and the people that listen to podcasts generally have like, there are three or four that's in their rotation. Um, and I feel like it's very difficult to break into somebody's rotation because especially for long form um for long form, just because it takes so much time. Like people have their three that they listen to on their way to work or whatever. And to add in another hour or whatever of time, it's an interesting industry in the fact that like with music, it's a three minute song. It's very easy to just pop into somebody's playlist. But with this, it's like, it's very, there's like niche with niches within podcasts. And then like podcast fills its own podcasting fills its own niche. And I've not, I've not had the chance to explore the industry really at all, which is one of the reasons why I was very excited to talk to you because I have, I have no clue. I've just been chugging along and kind of guessing the whole time. So 
Well, and I think that, you know, comes through, right? So if you're, whatever media you're using, whether it's podcast, YouTube, social media, you know, if you're not really specific with what you're really focusing on, it will come through in the fact that nobody really knows what you're focusing on. And so the podcasting is a great example with, you know, I think while I might have my, you know, handful of podcasts that are on my regular rotation, I do get bored with some of those shows and want to check out what my friends are listening to. And it's not uncommon, especially when you have a podcast and a podcasting business to be at parties and everyone wants you to check out their podcast. And I've also been through this where, you know, I'm on like the board of directors at our university here locally. And so, you know, when our summit is coming up, I am forced to listen to a lot of college level podcasts, which, you know, they're not streaming on, you know, multiple platforms. This is just, you know, internally, but to hear, you know, what people are interested in talking about and what age groups are passionate about what is very interesting to me. And I think if you're somebody that enjoys podcasts, you're always open to hearing what other people are checking out in their podcast cues because TV, you know, TV shows are always coming out with new shows, series come out with new seasons, and we're always overstimulated with consumption, right? There's so much out there to look at and listen to and read that, it doesn't really matter how much is out there. People will still find you if they're interested in hearing what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I think one of the things that I've had certain episodes do very well and other ones do not, but I think probably one of the reasons for that is people find something that they're interested in. And then I happen to have one episode on that thing just because of the breadth of subjects that I've covered. Like we said before, quantum physicist all the way to stand-up comedian, which are the two most opposite people in the world. Um, Yeah, so that's interesting. One thing you mentioned also about the college-level ones is, like, I don't think people don't understand – I think people don't understand that this, like, this is a skill that can be developed. Like, if I listen to my first episode back, I'm like, oh, God. But then you get better at it with time. Like, talking is not just a thing that you just do. It's like, especially interviewing, interviewing is, I didn't realize it either until I started, started doing it. Like the most recent episode that's out right now with Dr. Nershall, it's like, he's a handful to talk to. So I had to have the full interview hat on ready to go to like, cause otherwise he would have just talked for the whole hour by himself. I could have just left. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand that, you know, I definitely took a long time to find my podcast voice. Initially when we started our podcast, I thought of myself as more the person that would just do the interviewing, get to know somebody. And I even had a hard time driving the interview questions. Like you said, you know, the guests could have carried on by themselves. And I was just this accessory piece instead of controlling the narrative around what I really wanted to learn. What did I want to gain? Because that if that's something I'm interested in learning more about, then potentially our audience is also learning more about that. And to add to that, Eric, I, I have found that some of my best performing episodes are ones with just normal people who haven't actually shared their story with even their own friends and family. Mm -hmm. And so I think specifically I've had two um, guests, one who had been in prison um, for a life sentence and had been serving prison for over 40 years when she was finally let go because of a charge that they had changed in the state of where she was living. Like if you are charged with um, a life sentence before you were 18 years old, now you can be going, going free. And so, like, what is the experience like coming out of prison after so many years when you went to prison, um, seeing your friends and family at 
at the same age that now their grandchildren or children are, are you know, that you, the time that you went to prison. It was nuts. And then there's another one where a young lady was a victim of human trafficking in the Philippines. Her mom literally sold her on the beach to a man, like, for pennies. Wild. That's insane. It's wild. And you would not know, you know, their story just based on them externally, right? Meeting mm-hmm. them today, maybe via social media or in person at the conference. It's so crazy to me. And I think those relationships and those stories and those messages come through in podcasting and people really want to hear that. It, you know, it, it humanizes us. Yeah. That was the original intent. Like all the way back at the beginning, the first two guests I had were, um, well, they were on together, but the first episode they were in whatever square it was in DC during the George Floyd protests when Trump like had the, they like tear gassed the whole plaza and then he wow. took the picture with the Bible and it, and it was upside yeah. down. And I was like, oh, god but they were there um and so that's so that was the intent and then it kind of has evolved from there um but yeah that's exactly to your point that one is still one of the like the best performing episodes i have because it's just people like no one would ask them otherwise in depth like they'd be like oh what was it like and then it's like they talk for three minutes and then you move on but like you ask them in depth for an hour and a half and it's like okay this is what it was right. really like when cops on horses were like pushing you back. It's like, oh yeah, I would, couldn't be me. Wasn't, nope, no shot. Wouldn't be me. Yeah. You're like, don't gloss over that. Back that yeah. up. Well, what are those details like? Yeah. yeah. So it's nuts. It is nuts. So you, you have two podcasts, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I recently started so, co-hosting the Morning Bird Media Minute, which is a digital media podcast. Okay, and then the other, so why don't you just walk us through both of those and kind of uh, what their sort of niche or if, if somebody was going to listen to it, what they would expect to hear and kind of how you got into both of those. For sure, for sure. So this is kind of wild. I'll tell you about United States of Women first because we're over 140 episodes in. The show has been running for three years, and it initially launched as a podcast here in our local community to expand a message that was already going on. So we had hosted an annual brunch called the United States of Women Brunch, and it would invite executive women, female leaders, and corporate positions to a table to have these conversations at a really upscale wedding ballroom. And it was like an all-day Friday event. You know, from the time you get there, you'd get your little mimosas, you'd network, you'd take lots of pictures, and then you would spend the whole day learning leadership skills and personal development skills while also meeting other women who had the same roles that might not be able to find the same type of mentorship. I was involved that year as a volunteer. The following year, as we were marketing and planning for 2019, I pitched the idea of starting a podcast so that we could expand our message outside of the state of Indiana, where I live. And it was really great. Everyone was excited to do it. We actually had our full season of episodes released by the time the 2019 brunch happened. And from there... Our show went fully virtual in 2020 because the event didn't happen in 2020 when the world shut down. And, you know, through there, we've been consistently pushing out episodes weekly, and our topic has also expanded. It is a show around leadership. It helps women, you know, live more connected to their power and purpose and plan. So what that means is, you know, we take our guests' story and we really share the actionable points in their life where they were able to identify their purpose, and what steps they took to really move forward to create the plan to where they are now. And, you know, we usually ask what their future goals are, but there's also a lot of solo episodes in there where, 
you know, we're speaking candidly about what's going on in our life and what we're learning through. So I think about, you know, I had an episode come out about six months ago around, you know, five hard truths that I learned. And it's all around these different things that you learn through business. You know, there's been plenty of times as an entrepreneur where I've wanted to quit, but it's like, how do you quit when you're the only freaking person here? So <laughs> I love the podcast. It's really great. Um, but I'm a little biased. And, you know, to add to that, I, I wanted to share, Eric, that I had a friend from high school. I'm talking like somebody I haven't talked to in 15 years, recently messaged mm-hmm. me on IG to, to bring it up that she was binging my podcast. And so you just never know who's listening and you never know who on the other side might not have the time in their schedule to fit you in until they finally give you a shot and they're glued and they're like, why haven't I been listening to you for all these years? Yeah. People listen to <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's cra- that and it's, that's weird too. When you're like, Oh, somebody from high school is listening to my podcast, right? Like, but I try not um, to think about it, honestly, it is, it's interesting. And, and so the morning bird media um, podcast kind of came out of nowhere um, I didn't really plan on co-hosting a second podcast, but when I was in Orlando in May speaking, I met up with an internet friend who I met through the podcast community, and she invited me to be a co-host on her podcast because we are both moms, we're both working in media, and we both like to do what we do online, so um, her team creates the week. They do the research, they put together what's going on, and it's essentially like a news podcast, and we just bounce off of each other about what's going on in the latest digital media world. Mm. Very, very interesting. I have a few questions about the United State of Women, and I'm not a woman, obviously, but, well, maybe not obviously in this world. I don't know. That's a different subject, (laughs) but um, there's like groups like that near where like where I live and I guess the question I just I don't like what well I don't know I don't know what like what what is like what sorts of things like what difficulties that you guys talk about what sorts of things you guys talk about or like how can people who don't understand who are not in your shoes like because even there are women that are not in executive positions um, that don't face the, like those difficulties that you guys talk about, like or things, subjects, topics. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what I'm asking, but hopefully that made sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So you know, our topics are very broad for that reason, and I will say that you know we have a pretty large percentage of men in our audience demographics. And what I really will say is that you know the lessons are applicable to like anyone wherever they are, and so I think that's the key point. There is you know, it might be somebody who is feeling like they can't advocate for themselves, whether it's, you know, in personal relationships or in business relationships. And, you know, how do they avoid being taken advantage of? And how do they process through what they really are interested in, right? A lot of times we will limit ourselves because we don't understand that we're the ones that are keeping ourselves stuck. But whatever narrative it is that you're telling yourself, we want to help those people, specifically women, you know, work through those things because I think a lot of times we close ourselves off because, you know, as women, once we get married, we, we check that box and we have a child, we check that box. And, and as our identity changes through these new roles, sometimes we forget what we really want. Mm. 
And so before we hit that stage of life where, you know, like for me in 2018, when I got connected to the event, I was not in an executive role. So my background is in massage therapy. And at that time, I had a three-year-old daughter. And I was very much thinking, you know, what's next for me? There's no real opportunity as a massage therapist to move up into leadership, right? You're a service provider. Do you go into massage management? Like, that just sounds like a drama fest. So, you know, I was like, I didn't know what I wanted. And really, I was traveling an hour out of town every day. So two hours round trip, listening to podcasts, listening to all these personal development influencers and thought leaders and just thinking like, surely there's more here that I'm missing. And attending that event was a major investment for me because I was also very limited in the fact that like, this is stupid. Why do I want to go sit with a bunch of hoity-toity women and hear them talk about their corporate executive positions? Like this seems so silly to me, but then I can tell you now in 2022, if it wasn't for that decision, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be home and do what I do that I'm so passionate about doing. And, you know, since then I've had another child, like I have a one-year-old baby and it's, it's crazy to think that I can balance motherhood and still be able to record podcasts in between, you know, baby naps. Mm-hmm. It's also got to be a bit freeing for you to be able to kind of have the best of both worlds. Like a lot of people say they have to choose between, or a lot of women that I know say that, that they feel like they have to choose between career or raising kids, but you're doing both because you're able to work out of your out of your home. It's a very right. interesting thing that like, well, it's a lot of work obviously because you have to start and then build your clientele and then kind of make it so you're able to work from home. But um, well, it is a lot of work. But I think 2020 proved that you know many of us, especially moms, were having to navigate a remote position you know, while juggling Mm -hmm. e-learning and or infants that were happening during the pandemic. Like I think about just, you know, the the world today, right? The idea of a quote unquote stay at home mom has really evolved. And maybe you don't have your own business online, but you might work for a corporation that allows you the freedom to work remotely more than you may have, you know, in 2019. Yeah, hundred percent. The world, I mean, the world's gone through a huge shift. You can, I'm sure you can feel it as well, but it feels very odd to me. Like I'm in between jobs at the moment and I do soccer training and coaching as well. And a very large part of me is like, let's just try and give this a go and see if we can make it work as a full-time, like start my own business, et cetera. And just because like the interviews that I've gone on been like months, not heard anything back or this or that. It's just like, and then you and then you go on LinkedIn and people are like, oh, can't find any quality like people. And it's like, OK, well, you clearly you don't need to help that much because it's been a month and a half and I've not heard back from you. So um, and then like you reach out and they're like, oh, we haven't filled the position yet. It's like, OK, well, what are we doing here? It's like the world is very much shifting into right. Stay at home. Mom is shifting now. Like generally, I think people are valuing time. I think people realized in 2020 that they didn't have to commute two hours a day and they could get a workout in or do the dishes or any of the things that like monotonous things like they get two hours back of their day and think people well now when companies are like all right everybody back to the office people are like nah it's like i'm i'm good it's very interesting it is very interesting and i think you know at the 
you have time right now to really, you know, take the risks and bite, bite down and just give it a go because that was what the changing moment was for me. You know, when the world shut down in 2020, I had a private massage practice and I was still commuting one hour, you know, each way to Mm -hmm. another massage place. And I wasn't able to maintain six feet of distance, right. And still do massages. And in that moment, I, I had a lot of my coworkers were waiting around and thinking about how they were going to collect unemployment or just, you know, in a few weeks, we'll all go back to work again. And that's not where I was in my mindset at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was already one foot out the door with trying to figure out how can I gain enough, you know, private clients to to not have to travel two hours every day. And that's when I thought, you know what, we're home. We're shut down. I don't have to go anywhere. I'm just going to build a website and just start promoting myself as a podcast editor and see what happens. And when I did that, it was still miserable. Like the first couple months, you know, I had a lot of people that were ghosting me in messages. I had a lot of people that, you know, I was trading editing time for free for potentially a testimonial that, you know, never happened. I was, um, spending so many hours just DMing people, trying to convince them to start a podcast. Like it was miserable, but you know, the changing moment for me was I just kept showing up and people that either were a guest on our podcast previously were now considering starting a podcast or they were somebody that's been seeing my posts for a while and just didn't want to like bite yet now are like, oh, well, now I guess I she's not quitting, so I might as well just see what she has to offer. And then I also had a lot more referrals come through. You know, maybe it was somebody that didn't know anybody that offered what you offered, but they're a friend of a friend, and they want to now introduce you and connect you to that person that is thinking about starting a podcast and just doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's most entrepreneurial things go that way you do a lot of work for free at at the beginning and a lot of this person ghosted me and that person and then you get lucky one or two times and persistence pays off and like most like as long as you're not like I use the analogy of like you're working hard to study for a test as long as you're studying like for what's actually on the test and not something that's not on the test you keep working at it eventually like usually good things happen one thousand percent and most recently, I will plug this to um, Operation Podcast. They are a full podcast production company, and um, their podcast manager, Alexi, she called DM me one day and was like, hey, we're looking for an editor. Do you have capacity to take on some extra editing? And so I have been doing work for them also, you know, since earlier this year. And it's just wild how a lot of times those things will fall into your lap, but you know, those relationships keep coming up because as much as you think podcasting is saturated market, just as many of those guys that you know that are starting podcasts about nothing are literally like there's twice as many that are just going to the podcast graveyard of Anchor FM and just living it out, you know, and it's like, it's unfortunate, but you have to be mindful of the fact that if you have the staying power, Mm -hmm. you'll still be here and, you know, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to have that as a goal and a mindset because like social media is very saturated right now. And the easiest way for people to build a relationship with you is through podcasting and they might find you on social media, but they're going to get to know you on your podcast. Yeah. 
You mentioned, I have a question about the last thing that you said, but real quickly, you mentioned the graveyard of Anchor FM. What did you mean by that? Because I use Anchor as well, and it's treated me quite well. But what did you Oh, like? Anchor is great. You know, uh-huh. it's a great free podcast hosting platform. But when I say the, the graveyard, I mean a lot of times podcasters will invest in things like Libsyn or Budsprout, and they will pay the monthly membership premiums to have their podcasts out there. And then in order to avoid having those things removed permanently because they stopped the subscription, they will just merge it with um, Anchor so that the RSS feed is consistently out there for eternity, even though they haven't put an episode out in, like, years. Mm, Gotcha. (laughs) So because where all podcasts go to die. (laughs) Or be born. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Um, The last thing you you mentioned about building relationships with, with people, with people getting to know you through the podcast is something that... I've asked a few, quite a few people who have significant social media presence about, um, it's like people will come up to, not me, but them and treat them as though they're friends. And it's like, I don't know you. And it's very odd. So I ask them often how, how they deal with that. And it's all, every answer has been kind of like, well, just kind of be nice. And then like say a few things and then like move, move on. And that's a that's such a weird. Uh, let me see if I can find an episode. Um, but that's such a weird phenomenon for me that like you feel like you can know somebody through through like through their thoughts. But then let's see if I can find a good one. Um, but you actually don't know them at all. You just <laughs> you like it's very odd. And I don't. It's a. I think this is a very 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 new thing because even pre like 20 years ago the most famous people were it was all very curated on the news and you only saw like this and that and you didn't really know them oh why am i struggling people trying to show that they're like real people yeah that too but like if i just ran into like rogan on the street like i feel like i know him even though i know that i don't even though i know that i don't know him but people forget that they don't actually know that person. So they go up to that person and talk to them like they're best friends. And it's like, that becomes weird. Like I had. That's um, hilarious. But I even think about just like this. Like if I met you in real life right now, like, I don't know if I'd feel like we were strangers either. I'd still be like, Oh, look, we've never met in real life before, but I feel like we've met in real life before. Yeah. Like you and I would be different because we've had a whole conversation, but somebody like um, I had uh, Nathan Habib on, he's a stand-up comedian. And his special on YouTube has got like hundred something thousand views and wow. he's got a podcast and, and whatever. And he'll, and he'll tell me like, yeah, people will go up to him and then like talk to him like they're friends and he's never met them at all. Like he's no idea who they are. Like you and I, we know like now we've had this conversation. We would like, we kind of would recognize each other, et cetera. But it's like, it's a very new phenomenon that I feel like is very, weird i don't know peter barber i guess would be the other the other one and maybe i had like a fifa youtuber on as well but yeah it's an interesting thing i don't know if you've if you have clients that have experienced that or if you've experienced that yourself or like what your thoughts on on that are because i I think it's, it's a very new thing that people just feel like they can go up to people i don't know it's very strange yeah i think that's really interesting because you know For me personally, okay, and this is one thing that my friends will always comment on is I'm, I'm super introverted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 
it doesn't show, you know, when I'm doing work stuff. So whether I'm public speaking or I'm at an event, it's such a different Julie than what you're getting, like, versus Julie at the grocery store at the gym. Like, at the mm-hmm. gym, I'm laser eyes focused on the ground, headphones, don't look at me, don't talk to me. Yeah. And grocery store, it's like, okay, like, we're friends, but do we really need to talk? Like, can't we just give each other the wave? Like, yeah. And so um, I'm not sure that... I might be the most aware person when somebody wants to try to grab a couple minutes from me. I'm always, you know, kind and I'm always nice just because that's who I am. Um, I don't think I'd ever be weird about it, but I'm also less likely to be the person to come up to you and be like, Hey, celebrity Eric, yeah. let's get a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause you're aware, like you've, you've been in, like you understand how it works. And even though like you, me and you don't have the biggest, platforms like we understand that now that you're out like now that you're out there um that has the potential to happen and like how it scales um i mean i'm i having a private massage practice i'm already kind of like out and about in the business yeah yeah and so i think like i had to navigate a lot of that awkwardness early on just like I remember the first time I went to a major business event and I they were like, oh, who are you with? And I was like, uh, uh myself. <laughs> like, yeah. with who? I was like, myself, like my, my business. And it was so awkward, but you get through it. And I think it's like, I have one of my best friends. Um, I always tell her like, you can just walk through the door. You don't have to knock when you come in. And mm-hmm. she always make comments like, I feel so awkward when I get to the door. Like, I don't want to just walk in. And so a couple months ago, I just would leave the front door open. I'm like, it's going to feel less weird the more you do it. And now she does. She just comes in whenever. And it's funny because, like, anything in life, if you do it at first, it's weird. It's awkward. Like, the first episode you recorded on this podcast is probably weird. Like, I don't even know what question to ask. Oh, they're expecting me to still ask more questions. Okay, got it. Yeah. But now you're like, wow, it's been an hour of us recording. And I feel like we just barely touched the tip of the iceberg here. And I want to know so much more. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have a hard stop time, by the way? Or no, you're good for another I mean, another I do only, minutes? yeah, like, yeah, I do soon. Yeah, I am keep checking my phone to make sure somebody's coming over here. No, <laughs> you're good. coming over. You're good. Uh, what, like 10, 15 minutes is good? Yeah. Okay, very nice. Um, so I guess the last sort of realm that we haven't really touched on is the business itself. We've kind of skirted around the outside, but what actually does that entail and what actually like what services does the business podcast editor provide? Yeah. So the business podcast editor is providing services around, you know, production. So a lot of times podcasters, they have no trouble recording content, but that content just sits in a folder and then they get behind on the production side of it because they either don't want to edit or they don't want to go through and create the show notes, or they don't want to create the marketing material. So if you're not, you know, marketing your podcast regularly, you're probably not getting an increase in listeners because they don't know about you. Um, So I offer packages designed from, you know, basic editing all the way up to like full white glove packages that really take care of you as well as helping you find guests for your show and keeping you consistent so that you don't end up in the podcast graveyard. Fair enough. I've got um I actually got some messages like cuz there's a lot of people who say like oh guaranteed followers for like this price or blah blah blah. There's a lot of spam that exists as I'm sure you know with people ghosting and and this and that and that's 
how have you navigated the spam versus the real? Because there's some convincing ones that are that exist. Like generally, I default to like if I don't know you, I don't respond at all. Um, but then once in a while, like take it. And then by the same token, it's like when I message people to try and get guests, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't respond to me either. So it's difficult. So how how have you navigated that? Yeah, I think your personal social media really builds a lot of credibility. You know, Instagram for me is one of the main things that I have really been able to leverage. You know, once somebody gets to know that you're a mom or you have an actual business or an actual podcast and they can follow along on that journey, they're more apt to reach out to you. And so if you're catching yourself chasing people down all day long and trying to convince them to believe in you, maybe you want to change your messaging around and let them try to come find ways to connect with you. And, you know, when it comes to people pitching you all day long for things that you're probably not sure about, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, I will also say that I do research and look into every pitch that I get. So, for example, when you had asked me to be on your podcast, if I didn't think the show was in good alignment with me and my values, I probably would not have, you know, said okay to being a guest on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think about that, you know, podcast is an interesting media and the fact that no one really knows what numbers you're pulling, right, Eric? Like if, yeah. you, if you have one listener or a million listeners, no one really knows, but they can tell what your audience is looking like based off of the episodes you're pushing out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good spot for people to decide on, you know, how they want to move forward in that relationship. Mm. So let me ask you then, what what about when you did the when you dug into my stuff, what was the like what were the factors for you that you look for? Yeah, for sure. You know, I I wanted something that was gonna be less structured. I wanted something that, you know, was gonna have a, a broader listener base because you never know who might be sitting here listening right now and might be thinking about starting a podcast and they just felt overwhelmed by the process, right? Knowing that there's people like you and I out here who have done the work and understand the journey makes people more interested to want to now call you, Eric, and say like, okay, like, I didn't realize there was more to this, but I heard your episode the other day and, you know, tell me more. And you might have friends come out of the woodwork that are like, well, I never told you this before, but I got a crazy story I got to share with you. And you're like, well, we got to get you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. That makes sense for sure. Um, last sort of tidbit, not really podcast related, but like we talked offline, a lot of the people that listen, a lot of my friends are kind of getting to the, maybe we get married, have kids age. What is the, cause you had one, one kid before COVID and then one during. So what has that been like to one raise a kid like now with the social media environment, although your kids are not really, not really old enough to be in that yet. But um, what is it like now? Cause we all remember, like we remember our childhood where we all hang out at the, like the, the electrical box and like, just don't go past that lamp pole, like a block down or whatever, and be back when it's dark and like all those things. And it is not that way now. Like people, I don't really interact with kids unless I'm coaching. I know a lot of my friends are kind of the same, but I figured I would pick your brain a little bit on the subject before we get out of here. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I think about like our, um, my daughter's elementary school is like not even a quarter of a mile from our front door. Like I can see her front door of her school building from my front door of my house. And last year, first grade, um, I was coming home from, my office and I got home at the same time that she was home knocking on the front door 
And it was the first time I had missed meeting her at the, at the crosswalk. And I had the most sickening feeling in my stomach. And it's like the dumbest thing because it's literally like a straight shot walk. Like she obviously found the house, no problem. But I think about like, you know, six-year-old me, my parents didn't give a crap if I walked home from school. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> If shot. it was two miles or not, you know, <laughs> they were like in the snow uphill. And so I'm just like, my daughter, she walked home a quarter of a mile all by herself. I'm such a terrible mom and the guilt. And so I think about that to like, you know, social media and the influence that it has. My daughter is always on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She has no, no attention span, right? She's changing videos a, a second into it. You know, as soon as the intro trailer is done, she's like out. And and I see that play into like TV, you yeah. know, it's harder to get her to sit through a movie or a TV program. Like she might want to change the show in between the show. And I'm like, they're making these cartoons like 10 minutes long now on Cartoon Network. Yeah. I'd noticed that actually as like, yeah. Interesting. And so that's interesting. And then just, you know, life before COVID versus life after COVID. Right. So my daughter she always knew me leaving to work before, but now that I have, you know, more of an online business and I'm home more, that's a different kind of relationship and understanding how to, you know, when we first did Zoom calls, we were so professional and now it's like my kid can just pop in on the video call yeah. and it's not weird. Or I yeah. could sit there in my kid's messy toy room and we just all pretend like it's not weird. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's been an interesting shift. I never cared, like, to be honest, even from, like, <clears throat> the very beginning of when we started doing this, I was like, I, I mean, you have kids. What are you going to do? control your <laughs> three-year-old? It's like, nah, it's fine. Um, all right, where can the people well, – first, any last any last nickels? Yeah, I think, you know, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, for sure do it. You know, I don't want anyone to ever feel like there's, you know, they're they're missing the window because they didn't start before the pandemic. I think that the podcast market is always looking for new people and new voices and everyone has a story and everyone's story is unique. So don't let it stop you because in four years from now, you're going to be annoyed that you didn't just start now. And where can the people find you? The com, or you can find me on Instagram. Just search Julie Deem. I am Indie Mompreneur. Very nice. We'll get those links in the description as always. With that, guys, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Bye.